With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, right, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Dennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Uh, back on a Wednesday midweek podcast, just Sam and I for this time. Uh, and my question for you today, Sam, is what is your favorite holiday? That's hard, man. Like, I don't – so here's the thing. I don't like Christmas for actual Christmas, yeah. but I like the NBA on Christmas a lot. Okay. Okay. okay? So that's maybe one of them. I wouldn't say it's like really high on the list or anything. Thanksgiving's okay. Yeah. But I don't like football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else you got? Let's see. Halloween's near my birthday. So, like, that's always like we always used to have Halloween parties and stuff. So that was cool. Cool. That's cool. Um, I mean, you can count your birthday as a holiday, I suppose, if you want to. Nah, include you can't. That. Okay. You okay. Because, <laughs> like, that, that would be my favorite holiday. I mean, I'm trying to give you an out here. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't, don't really know. It's hard. Just like any Monday that we get off from school is usually pretty lit. Not gonna lie. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really like family. Uh, I mean, some family gatherings are fun. Like I go to my uncle's for Christmas Eve, or you know, certain things. But like, my family lives far away, so like going far away is just always a grind. Ah, uh, I see. I understand. See, my um. My mom's always been big on Christmas, so, like, we wouldn't have huge other holidays or, like, huge anything all year, but then on Christmas, we always just, like, had the best, like, fucking one day of the year, and it was great, so that's always been just my... I think I hate how much everyone else likes Christmas. They just annoy <laughs> me with it. Oh, you you're, know, like, like, you're like Scrooge. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like Scrooge. I see. like, I don't mm-hmm. know, there's just... The only thing in it for me is the NBA. Like, that's, like, the coolest part. You wake up and there's games on all day. Yeah, I mean, we're getting that right now, honestly. Like, that's what I'm enjoying doing with my time. Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. I Um, I was telling you this earlier, but for those listening, I watched every single NBA game yesterday. I watched the Magic upset the Bucks. I watched the Heat uh, beat the Pacers. The Rockets beat the Thunder. And then I watched Dame Dalla just destroy LeBron and AD. So it was a a fun day. I sat in one spot all day and just watched basketball. And it it was great. I really was happy with it. But, but yeah. Um, to get into the Celtics, uh, the big elephant in the room has to be Gordon Hayward going down with an ankle injury, which is really, really unfortunate. So I guess my first question to you is who steps up in his place? Well, my initial answer would have been Romeo, but Romeo's kind of hurt, even though he's cleared to play. Like he, uh, yeah, you know, he's still able to play. But he's not going to be at peak performance. Maybe they put, uh, you know, maybe Semi's going to get some more time. Yeah, that's also possible. Um, I mean, it, it, I think it's hard to fully replace everything Hayward does. 
because I don't think there's as good of a shooter on the roster outside of Hayward and like obviously outside of Tatum and Brown and them. But I I wrote an article about it this morning and I listed off like three potential replacements. So I wanted you to give me like your top three potential replacements. Uh, you gave me two already, Romeo and Semi. I want you to like see if there's them anybody Grant. else. Grant's probably the last oh, okay. one. I said Javante because I thought he Javante well. is actually an interesting one because he played well against Washington, right? That's what I, that was my reasoning. But yeah, I mean Javante's like he's just kind of small. Like that's the only thing. Maybe they move Brown down to forward. Yeah, but he's been feasting. Like I'm, I'm not honestly like not to branch off. We can get back to this, but mm-hmm. it's so exciting that the Celtics are like performing the way they are like it's not like yeah game one was not Kemba and Gordon it was the Jays like that's who it was yeah no it was it was nice to see I'm glad Kemba and Hayward didn't necessarily play poorly it was just kind of like they understood that Jay and Jay were taking over and they let them do their thing like I was talked about like the Celtics can hit you from all kinds of angles and like they did a good job of recognizing okay it's Tatum's night so that's who's going yeah. to, you know, play. Yeah, the way I, I wrote about it, I wrote a recap, as I do for every game. The way I wrote it was uh, Jason Tatum gave us the lead and Jalen Brown sealed it. Like, I feel like that's how the game went. Like, Tatum kept us in the game the whole time. And then when it was crunch time, uh, Jalen Brown stepped up, hit a bunch of threes, and kind of closed it out for us. So Yeah, Jalen has been a closer. Yeah. Really, it's it's great to see. I mean, I feel like he gets very disrespected on NBA Twitter. I don't know if you see this at all, but I always see him thrown into uh, comparisons like, oh, rank these three players or whatever. And it's usually him, Zach Levine, and one other person. And the, everyone always puts Zach Levine above him, which I think is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. <sighs> I don't know. I think he's I underrated like... as... What he, he's just... He's like the second or third option on this team. That's probably why. Yeah, exactly. I think he's probably one of the best defensive guards in the league, one of the best defensive wings in the league. And just – I actually have a topic that I wanted to ask you about them. So I guess we can go right to it. Uh, Brown and Tatum, obviously, as we were just talking about, had an amazing game. I think 32 for Tatum, 29 for Brown, or was did Tatum have 31? I think it was 32. But um, He had over 30. Yeah, I remember watching, who was it? Maybe it was the guys on TNT, but I think it was an ESPN analyst. And they were like, yeah, the Celtics need to be really happy with their wing duo because there's not a lot of duos in the league that are built like this. Like the way the league is going, wings are the future, and that's how it's going to work. And the only comparison I can see in the league is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Both great two-way players, both really clutch at shooting. And then I remember they them saying, like, the last time we saw a wing duo as talented as George and Leonard was Scotty and Jordan. So having Brown and Tatum mentioned in even the same breath as those two pairings, I think, just speaks volumes as to how talented they are. Well, yeah, like, you've seen it. Like, they are taking the reins here in the playoffs. You know, they... They're saying this is, you know, our team. We're capable of making things happen for this team. Kemba's here. Gordon Hayward's here. But we can put up 30 on you like nothing. Mm-hmm. 
It's great. And I think the biggest upside to them is as good as they are on offense. They're just even better on defense, even Tatum. It, like it, it's talked about a lot with Brown, but even Tatum's, Tatum's works hard to get better on defense. Hard. Yeah. And just, he had a quote. I don't know if you were going to talk about this. He said, you know, I want to be one of the best players in the league. And to be one of the best players in the league, you have to be able to play both sides of the ball. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's made that a point of emphasis for him to be a better defender. And you saw it. He had a couple of big blocks. He had three blocks in the game against Philly. He had a huge rebound at the end of the game. You know, he's got yeah. it. He's yeah. figured it out. Tatum is a star. He's the best player on this team now, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And... One thing everyone talked about at the beginning of the season was if Tatum becomes the best player on this team, like they're really good. Yeah, and here we are. He did. And Brown did, might be exactly. the second best player on this team. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. As good as Tatum is, Brown has played out of his mind in the bubble, and even before the bubble, he was playing crazy good uh, around December and January. So I think it was about time before he steps up and becomes the second best player in Boston. Uh, I finally got around to watching Jason Tatum on the uh, JJ Reddick's podcast. Yeah, and, good show. Yeah, it was great. But one thing that stuck out to me that really I was like, I sat back and was like, huh, that's actually very true, was that all these young superstars in the league JJ brought up, it was like they're all super quiet and just have no like rudeness or cockiness about them. Like if you think about like Devin Booker is really quiet, Brandon Ingram's quiet. Darren Fox like has his moments, but overall he's like a calm dude. Tatum and Brown are quiet. Like, what do you think it is? Like he was asking Tatum, what do you think it is that makes them that way? What did he say? He said like he's just like that's how they were brought up, right? Like they're yeah. respectful. The way and... I yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I wasn't sure if you're done. Sorry. The way I see it is like Guys like Kobe and LeBron and everything came into the league with something to prove. Obviously, there was some semblance of hype around LeBron, but for the most part, none of them had social media, and none of them had this this like phone in their hands at such a young age. So they came in with something to prove, and they were super energized, and they just wanted to beat the last generation. But this generation of kids, I think you can see the difference of the people above them and below them because there's a huge difference. The people above the, this generation that's coming into the league right now is all like technologies. Like we're just getting it at what, 30 years old, 20 something, late twenties. <clears throat> and they're like, yo, this is sick. Like blah, blah, blah. Like obsessed over. It. But Tatum, I remember saying like, Oh, I got Instagram in eighth grade or like ninth grade freshman year. And he, I think that's like the sweet spot because you see all these kids younger than them getting way too obsessed with it and way too into it because that's all they've known at like since like first grade. But if it, like Tatum got it at such a sweet spot that I think it perfectly humbled him and gave him the confidence. But it, it was like that humbleness and confidence together that made him so calm. Do you know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense? Yes. But yeah, that's that was just kind of my thoughts. I think that because obviously, whenever I walk around or interact with kids younger than me, even my sister, I guess a little bit, she'll never listen to this, so I can say it. it. It's just like this whole generation, like even the few years younger than us, like I know you're 21, I'm 21. Like the teenagers right now are just such different personality-wise than we are. It's so weird to see like the generational difference, like even beyond basketball, like like you're seeing LaMelo ball. Like you saw the clips of him in high school and everything. And he was just so cocky and so everything. And meanwhile, Lonzo's out there like quiet, like ball and just doing his thing. 
Like, yeah. You can just see such a clear difference. And it's all social media, like depending on like when people got it. And I think if our generation, when we have children, if we don't do a good job, like stopping our kids from getting social media. But I think we, I think we will though, because we'll have seen the effects it has, but the parents of these kids growing up now with it in their hands at such a young age had no idea before it like happened before it was too late. So that's just my thoughts on that. And when he said it, I really wanted to say it. So that's why I, I brought it up after hearing it on the JJ pod. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really weird because you talk about that. Like I haven't even, you, you asked me, uh, you know, what my Instagram was the other day for the, from the Raptors. And I was like, dude, yeah. I don't even have the app installed anymore. Yeah. Like, I deleted it like months and months and months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I rarely, rarely use it. I, I haven't posted on mine since like 2018. Like, <laughs> I haven't posted since I graduated high school. Yeah. Literally. Like since I don't 2017, post. So. I just use post. it for marketing, I guess, for Bannertown, which you guys should all follow Bannertown USA on Instagram. But uh, I mean, Twitter I use more, but I never even used Twitter until I was on Celtics Twitter. Like, I didn't even have the app. So, yeah, I used to use it mainly for, you know, to see Celtics stuff. Like, it wasn't, um, you know, I wouldn't really care about what I said. I would tweet about the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel like our generation was perfectly like we had it and it was there and it was a good tool, but we weren't obsessed with it. And then the generation below us is just caught up in obsession with social media. So we'll, we'll see how they turn out as adults, but I'm, I'm worried (laughs) personally. Uh, But to bring it back around to Brown and Tatum, what do you think makes them so good together? Cause obviously we see them like play off each other. And I think it's part of what you just said, to be honest, they're both so quiet and reserved and, uh, they're really mature for their age, and I think they really just want to win. They've they've been unsuccessful teams their whole careers. They know what it takes. They both been to the Eastern Conference Finals. Brown multiple times. Tatum once. Like he Tatum gets it. Brown gets it. Tatum led the team his rookie year of the Eastern Conference Finals. Should have been the finals, but they choked the game seven. Yeah, they I get it, it. Great, I agree. I mean, bringing it back to what I heard on the JJ Reddick podcast. Um, Tatum was like, yeah, I felt so much pressure coming in to this year to be an all-star. And if I wasn't, I would have felt like a disappointment. And JJ kind of laughed and goes, dude, you know, you're 21 years old, right? Like when you came into the yeah. year. And, and like, I couldn't believe it. Exactly. And, it, it, and it's I think just they're both so... very motivated. <clears throat> mm-hmm, for sure. I think they're both so, they matured so quick because they played on such good teams so far. And I think that makes them such a unique young core. Like we see young duos like, I don't know, Booker and Aiden, who are super talented. Don't get me wrong. Booker's really good. Aiden's solid. Like, even Fox and Bagley in Sacramento, they're solid. But none of neither of them have ever played with this, like, winning mentality. And that's what I think that's what makes Brown and Tatum so special. I think it's, like, a perfect storm, the way they came into the league. But Yeah, and, like, they, they both want to win. They're both motivated. I think Brad's a really good coach for the young guys. He gets the most out of his players, like we've talked about plenty of times. Yeah. And, you know, I think they're really surrounded with good guys this year. You know, I think Kemba's really great because he really – he wants to win primarily. Like, that's what he wants. And he wants to see those guys do well. He's, he doesn't really care if, you know, he doesn't score or, you know, whatever. Like, he doesn't care. He He just wants to win which is the best mentality you can have on a team like this where everybody 
can contribute on any given night. Even Daniel Tice, who's been really solid all year, he can give you 15, 20 points, you know, if it's needed. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm really happy with the way Danny Ainge built the team this year. And I think they built it with the mentality like, okay, Tatum and Brown are ready to take this next step. We got to find guys that are good enough to be all stars and like compete at that high level, but also have the mentality of like knowing that Brown and Tatum are the future of this team. And they perfect, like they did a perfect job with Kemba and Cantor, the signings and the draftees and everything. So, uh, big. Cantor's so funny because like his role is still like not defined. <laughs> like we don't even know. know what to expect out of him. Even though I, I will say this in game one, he was like. I put him in every game I do player of the game. I've been doing this for probably since I started Twitter. Uh, I do player of the game poll. And like, I put Cantor on there and people are pissed. They're like, why is Cantor on here? I was like, well, I mean, like I understand the confusion. Cause like he didn't have a massive game, but he made some big plays. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, like he kind of like deserves to be here. He played hard. You know, he, he probably made the play of the game. That offensive rebound kick out to Brown was a huge basket. A hundred percent. That was gigantic for the win. But I, I feel like this brings me to another topic because Robert Williams got some minutes in that Philly game too. And I thought he played really solid. Like I thought he was really good in his few minutes that he got, but Stevens uh, was all right. Of... He, he made some stupid plays, bad foul on a fast break at the end of the half for the that quarter. Was tough. That was tough. He jumped, you know, on a couple jump shots. he, He's getting there. It's good that he's getting playoff time. I was happy to I the person that impressed me the most was Grant. He was in there for a couple of minutes. He made yeah. a couple of huge offensive rebounds, hustle plays. Mm-hmm. He had me pumped in my living room. Yeah, no, Grant was good. I remember uh Scal in the post game was kind of like the Celtics were kind of losing a lot of momentum there. And then Brad Stevens put in Grant Williams for like what felt like five minutes and everything just shifted back in favor of Boston. <clears throat> and it was great. Like I, I was Dove super on the happy. floor for a rebound. That was insane. Yeah, I know. And he had he had a stretch like that uh, in the big win against Philly uh, back at the Garden. In, yeah, like, didn't he get minutes at center? January? He got minutes at center in that one too, right? Yeah, and he he had three offensive rebounds in the same possession in that game. Like I don't know, maybe he's got like a grudge or something, but he he plays hard against Philly. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's just the mat- matter of him getting. Uh, any playing time in these big games, I think he just comes in with the mentality like, okay, I have to prove that I'm worth getting these big minutes and I have to just hustle for all I'm worth while I have these like f- precious time on the court. And I think that's the perfect mentality to have as a rookie because we've seen rookies come in like, I, I, I haven't watched a ton of Knicks games this year, but RJ Barrett had all this pressure on him and he had this like whole team on his back, basically. That's what everyone thought it would be. And Barrett didn't have a bad rookie season, but he didn't have like the season everyone expected to him. So I think having no expectations for Grant Williams really helps him because he's like, okay, I have to show what I can do and show like everybody that I'm actually a good player and that I deserve to be on this team. But um, you didn't like what you saw from Robert Williams to bring it back to what I was asking you. Not that I didn't like it. I just, you know, you play devil's advocate. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't yeah, amazing. Yeah. He was okay. Uh, I thought I'm it, excited to see what he's able to do today, for sure. I thought it was interesting that as soon as, was it when Embiid came out, Williams went in? Is that how it worked? Yeah, like, they didn't Stevens. want him guarding Embiid. Yeah. But then, like, 
they put in Cantor to like match up with Embiid, but as soon as Embiid went out, they were like, okay, Cantor, you're out, Robert Williams, you're in. Do you think that means they like Williams more unless it's because of matchup issues? Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, it, it's just, I feel like the whole big man rotation is situational. Even yeah. though I think Robert Williams has been much more impressive over these last four or five games since he's gotten time. He's been great. I know. It's really encouraging to see him take the next step because for a while in the first two seasons, I was like, ah, this guy, I don't know about him. Like he's never in the right place on defense, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't, it, it was a big question mark, but ever since he's played in the bubble, I think a lot of uh, Celtics fans questions have been answered. So I'm happy to see him succeed to some degree so far. Yeah. I like Robert Williams a lot. I think he's, a good guy too. Like he just seems he's quiet. You know, he doesn't make, he doesn't cause yeah. problems, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. A good guy to have on the roster for sure. But overall, I wanted to ask you, are you happy with the game one win? Like, are you overall like pleased with the way the Celtics played? Uh, I mean, they, I feel like it was more of Philly being unconscious for a while that kept them in the game, but there, there were definitely stretches that they could have been better. I agree. I think, the way I thought about it was I think Celtics on defense were really, really good. And like you said, I think the only reason the Sixers were in the game at all is because they made a bunch of tough shots for no reason. The MB3 was ridiculous. I was yeah. so mad. Like, I was like, oh, come on, I, man. Like, I mean, I kind of sat there. I was like, wow, uh, okay then. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't even – I was in the mindset where I couldn't even be mad because the Celtics played so well. I was just like, wow, what a shot. So, but Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they were bad. I mean, I think they could play better. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes with Gordon Hayward. I don't think it's going to hinder him too much, but you never know. I hope it doesn't. I don't think it'll hinder them against Philly, but I'm worried about Toronto and or Milwaukee or whoever we find ourselves playing in the next couple rounds. That's well, where I get worried. But it's not the worst time for him to get hurt, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, but you have to think he's going to have to go home soon, too. You know, maybe maybe the universe uh, lines up perfectly. You never know, right? I guess so. he has to go home <laughs> during this window where he's hurt. Be that ideal. Would suck for him. That would suck for him so bad. I'd feel so bad. I just feel so bad now, that he got hurt again. Do you know if the families can come yet? I don't believe so. I think that's going to be once the second round starts. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what I think because that way over half the teams are gone at that point. So then they can fill in like <clears throat> what they had with like half players. They'll just fill in with family. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Which makes, I guess some somewhat sense to me, but so, so you're happy with the Celtics overall, you would say? Yeah. I thought they were really solid. Uh, the one Honestly, thing I like, I don't continue. have a problem with the way they played. I thought they brought it on defense they looked like they were really engaged yeah the one problem I had that I wanted to ask you about was the offensive intensity like obviously intensity on defense is great they were had had hands in the passing lanes they were running everywhere contesting the three-point line uh guarded and bead pretty solid I would say but I feel like on offense at times it was just stagnant like outside of Tatum and Brown in the second half it was just kind of like oh yeah we'll just kind of let Tatum do it we'll just stand here like and it worked. Like Tatum played really well, but I don't think that's the offense Brad Stevens wants to play. I think there needs to be more ball movement if the Celtics want to beat the better teams. Did you notice that at all, or is it just me? 
Yeah, they weren't. Their offense stalled quite a bit in the second half because yeah. they weren't really moving the ball. Not, people were really complaining about that because they were playing. They, they weren't knocking down shots that much either. Yeah. In, in fairness to them, uh, I think everyone was just trying to see what, what they could get going. Um, but they definitely need. They're, they're at their best when the ball's zipping around the court for sure. I mean, obviously, like that's what makes them a good team is they are so versatile to be able to do that and be unpredictable. And when the ball's not moving around, it's not ideal. I agree. I agree. I think that's what we saw against Toronto when the Celtics routed the Raptors uh, in the bubble. I think that was the best ball movement Boston had the entire time they've been in Orlando. And I think that's the reason why they won that game so convincingly. Um, I was just going to ask you. Oh, yeah, Embiid. I don't want to talk a lot about the Sixers because we have a cool, uh, pretty cool guest coming on on Friday, and I want to keep a lot of the Sixers talk for him. But I did want to bring up Embiid because he looked absolutely garbage in the second half. Like he looked like he couldn't keep up with anybody. What do you think about that? Like, just what's your thoughts about Embiid? Well, he's gonna have to be gassed. Like he's he's the only real concrete offensive weapon they've got. Yeah, I mean, outside and of... It's weird, though, because, like, they were doing everything through him in the first, and then they all of a sudden weren't doing anything with Embiid. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It was a weird switch in uh thought process, I suppose, from the Philly coaching staff. Brett Brown is garbage. He's so bad. He's a moron. But um, something I, I wrote an article for the Celtics Journal. You should all check out, but <clears throat> I wrote about how Embiid look gassed and how the Celtics can kind of attack that and use that to their advantage. And I brought up the idea of a death lineup. Obviously it would work best with Gordon Hayward here, but he's hurt. So we'd have to work around that. And it's something along the lines of, uh, let's say Kemba, Marcus, smart, uh, Jalen, Jason, and then Romeo or Shemi. No center. We don't run it. Because if you look at the way the Celtics were defending Embiid, right? It was all Tice stopping him from posting him up just long enough for another defender to come over and kind of like play help defense and double team him. So you're telling me that Jalen Brown couldn't do the same thing Tice was doing or Semi Oshley couldn't do that same thing? Like I feel like Jalen or Shemi could stand behind Embiid for long enough where a help defender could come over. And then that way on the offensive end, we saw Embiid like sagging in the paint on pick and rolls, right? Imagine if he had to come all the way out of the three point line and we had Brown there or Shemi there to make a shot or Kemba there. Like, there's no way Brown's going to be able to keep up with the quick pace of like five wings on the floor at the same time. Do you think something like that would work or do you think that's just stupid because we wouldn't have a center? Uh, no, I think it could definitely work because Jalen Brown is someone that had, he played a lot of four or five position for uh, team USA last summer. Yeah. So he, that was one thing they were talking about coming into the season was that he was going to have experience doing that. So he's definitely capable. He's definitely strong enough to hold someone like Embiid, at least for enough time for a double team. But then again, you don't want to rely on a double team to come. I mean, they did a lot of the time in the first game though. Like that was pretty much the, the way they defended Embiid. I don't know which isn't terrible because um <laughs> i mean the who else is going to give the ball to yeah exactly I mean, that's so, what you saw in the first game was you know like oh uh, 
Embiid, uh, oh, turnover. Like, they turn the ball over a lot. They turn Philly over so much. It's, it's mm-hmm. when they're at their best is when they're turning the other team over and they're running. Yeah, And we got, got, we're lucky enough to see that. Yeah, Celtics got so many steals that game. It was great. It, it, it felt like they are always, whenever they did double-team Embiid, it would always force a turnover or force him to make a terrible pass because he couldn't get the ball up with two guys on him. So I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And, like, if you think about it, you're going to tell me that Semi Ojale isn't just as strong as Daniel Tice, or if not stronger. Like, I feel like Shemi could easily keep Brown in the po- in the post for long enough. If like, and I and I'm not saying Brown can because I think he can because we've seen Jalen Brown defend the likes of like Bam Adebayo and Pascal Siakam this season. So I think Brown would do fine. But like, if you're worried about his strength, like Shemi Ojale is the strongest guy in the team. So I think either way, that death lineup would work well to uh, get Embiid tired faster. And the fact that he had 11 points in the first quarter and then, like, barely touched the ball the rest of the game was crazy to me. I don't get it. Like, what what do you think Philly was trying to do there? Uh, in the first quarter after, I'm sorry, I zoned for a quick second. In general, like, like, Embiid, like I said, got 11 points in the first quarter. What mindset flipped with Brett Brown, the moron? Like- just a moron. Like, <laughs> I don't know what other answer there is. The guy's an absolute moron. You, you watch the weird Celtics recap I did with all the Sixers fans complaining at the end. Yeah. Like, that's all they were saying is he's a moron. And he is. You've seen it time and time again. Like, uh, two years ago when the Celtics played the Sixers in the playoffs, he got absolutely exposed. The, they had the much better team by consensus. You know, that's what everyone was saying. And mm-hmm. they lost 4-1. Granted, those games were close, and it could have won either way, but they still didn't execute down the stretch. They weren't able to execute. He's not a good he's not good at running a team. It's clear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what's going on in Brett Brown's head that makes him the way he is. Uh I hope for the sake of Philly fans. I mean, for the sake of Boston fans, I hope he stays there forever. Yeah, but... I was about to say, I hope he stays. <laughs> I love having him coach the Sixers. Absolute he's, moron. He's just not. He's just not great. Um, what else was I going to ask you? Oh yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, people on Twitter. Uh, you know Twitter. You know, famous for having the most intelligent of life forms. Uh, right. Throughout. Yeah. All the uh, <laughs> Harvard graduates go there. Actually, of course, of course. So, uh, throughout the seeding games and in some of the tough losses the Celtics had, I saw a lot of people on Twitter go like. Oh, uh, we need to fire Brad Stevens. He's terrible. Blah blah blah. And I wanted your thoughts on that opinion. <laughs> How stupid can you be? <laughs> like, Celtics have one of the best coaches in the league right in there. You know, he's coaching. Like, why exactly. would you get rid of him? Exactly. What's wrong with you? Like, exactly what? my thoughts. I could. I why would said... you ever get rid of Brad Stevens? At least at this point. I mean, you just signed him to an extent. Do no wrong. Why brought it up? The How only long? complaint I have about Brad Stevens is that the Celtics play down to the level of the competition sometimes. And even then, I mean. Yeah. That can also be a good thing when they play up to the level of their competition. So. Exactly. I mean, it's just the price you have to pay sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy with the way uh, he's coached the team. He's given the young guys a chance. I think that's the biggest thing because we see teams like uh, Luke Walton in Sacramento. Um, I'm trying to think of another guy who just doesn't give his young guys a chance to flourish. Uh, there's definitely plenty more, but 
I'm ha- drawing a blank right now. We see all these coaches kind of have all this young talent. And I would say in Orlando too, even though Steve Clifford's done a great job. He doesn't like to play the young guys. He likes to play whoever it takes to win. But Brad Stevens has kind of realized like, okay, like obviously I want to win a championship this year, but these two guys are the future of this team. And if they don't get any time to play, they're never going to get better. And I think that's where he really shines. I think he's kind of gone away from that a little bit in the bubble. Like, I don't think he was going to play Robert Williams too much until he, Robert Williams showed him like, dude, I'm here to play. Like I'm, I'm good. Like play me. I agree. But like, I think the way Brad does it is perfect. He lets guys get experience, you know, like you saw with Jalen Brown, his rookie year, he didn't play very much. He got to play that second year and he kind of blossomed a bit, especially when he got time in the playoffs to show out like yeah. he can play. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy with the way Stevens has coached the team. I will never understand people who blame him because it just I don't it, I don't know it doesn't really make sense to me. So <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand Celtics Twitter sometimes, man. What, what's the craziest thing you've seen on Celtics Twitter in recent memory, like that you can think of? Of what, like bad <laughs> take? Anything? Yeah, just the craziest take, the craziest slander you saw. Like what's just the most ridiculous thing you've seen? Um, I think like sometimes I think the NS Cantor slander is kind of terrible. Like yeah, that, it's like unwarranted sometimes. I don't think it's fair. Um, people, I've seen. You know, I know, I know people that don't like Marcus. They don't think yeah, he's good. I don't get that either. But you don't see it on Twitter as much, but like I have friends that don't think he's good. Really? Yeah. That's um, crazy. What's the reasoning there? The his offense oh takes my bad God. shots. Um, who else? What are other terrible takes? There are people that don't like Brad. I uh, uh, Stevens. Yeah, exactly. That's why I brought it up. I think it's ridiculous. The stupid take as well. I mean, this isn't our NBA show, but I suppose I can ask you this. Uh, LeBron lost in game one. That's right. (laughs) You know, I was saying to my friends last night, you know, we were all even poker after I lost $40. Rough night on the tables for me. It's tough. Um, I was saying, you know, if the Lakers lose in the first round, it's almost as good as a Celtics championship. It really would be. Really? It's not the Celtics championship, yes. but it would be very. It would it would it would give me a lot of power. I mean, I'd be able to talk shit to anybody. They wouldn't say any. They wouldn't be able to say anything. Yeah, I mean, LeBron lost in the first round, man. It's crazy. I don't know. Um, and he game, had a good game yesterday too. It's not did. like he was bad. He did. His just his team was a pile of dog shit. Like the rest Davis of his team. Davis too. I didn't get to watch. watch Davis was like, okay. I can read you his stats. It, it was very like iffy. Like when Davis needed to play good, it was fine. But Davis, Davis had 28 and 11, but he did so while shooting 8 for 24 from the field. And he got 12 free throws. So like. Well, Anthony yeah. Davis, known playoff performer. So yeah, exactly. That's what you get with the Lakers, I mean, right? Outside of that, though, did you see what the Lakers shot from three that game? It was really bad. I know that Danny Green was. Terrible. It was five of thirty-two, which equals fifteen point six percent. So that's horrendous. So I'll, re- I'll read you down the line. LeBron was one for five. 
Davis 0 for 5, Danny Green 2 for 8, KCP 0 for 5, Kuzma 1 for 5, Caruso 0 for 3, and Markeith Morris 1 for 1. They couldn't make anything. It, it was it was rough. I kind of felt bad, and they're Lakers, so that means a lot. <laughs> like, it, it was tough. KCP finished with one point. One point. <laughs> like, what, dude? Oh, man. It is tough. Definitely a rough showing for the rest. I mean, hey, the Blazers got tons of help, though. Carmelo played great defense the whole game, which is something you don't really I was going to say, I mean, I checked the box score, and he was like two of nine. Like, uh, was like he wasn't no, that good. His defense was he, – he guarded LeBron. Good. Like, it, it was crazy. He guards LeBron every game. I really do. It was really good. I was very impressed with the way he played. Nurkic played great. Whiteside actually ended up playing really good defense, which is not – common of him as he likes to kind of you know slack off a little bit but Nurkic that's weird though for me hearing Whiteside because that's what made him with defense I know and it's just the way I think of it is he always gets his blocks because it looks good on paper but he doesn't care about like positioning or anything like he just cares about blocks that's fair but yeah Nurkic like being back is huge for them like he's a beast he can hang with Davis down low I mean they don't have a powerhouse at center Really, I mean, JaVale McGee's okay, Dwight Howard's okay, but, like, Nurkic is better than those two, and they can kind of uh, sag off of those guys. You know, they don't have to focus on them as much. Yeah. Someone was saying it on, uh, maybe it was Shaq, maybe it was Kenny, uh, but someone on uh, TNT last night was saying, if Davis played the five, the Lakers would be infinitely better. Davis refuses to play the five. Did you know that? He, like, says, no, I don't want to play the center. Really? That's so weird. You know why? Because he's a bitch. He doesn't want to bang with the big guys too long. No, no I mean, yeah. He's like, I don't want to play against Nurkic or against Embiid the whole game. Like, what? That's that's stupid. I don't want to bang with them. And if you think about it, if Davis commanded the paint, because he's arguably one of the best like defenders in the NBA on the perimeter and in the paint, he would be the most versatile center in the league. Like, he would be the best center in the league, like, without question, in my opinion. And they could just surround LeBron and AD with shooters, but since they have to have McGee and or Dwight Howard on the floor for most of the game, then, like, that just clogs the paint and ruins the entire offense. Like, think about how much – I just think the Lakers would be infinitely better, and I completely agree. I'm stealing this completely from TNT, but they, the Lakers would be so much better if AD just played the five and stopped being a bitch. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it's definitely something he's capable of. Exactly. That's the thing. He's one of the most talented big men of this generation, like easily. So I don't understand his stubbornness. But yeah, LeBron James put up 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 16 assists. Like, you can hate him all you want, but that's that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, he had a really good game. You bet and that says wonders about the rest of his you team. You know, like he came to play and they didn't win. So, and here, here's going to come the narrative. Oh, LeBron doesn't have any help. That poor guy. He's got Anthony Davis though. Like he was the one seed. Yeah, yeah but he can't. doesn't have any help, Jack. That's what you're going to hear in the next <laughs> month and a half. No matter how good they do. If they do good, it's going to be all of him. Mm-hmm. And if they do, do bad, he doesn't have any help. Do you know who King of the Fourth Quarter is? Like the YouTuber? Yeah. So I was listening to one of his videos last night. He does like a ramble video. They're really good. I enjoy it. Uh, and he said... If the Lakers lose in the first round, a lot of people are going to put an asterisk on this season, which I don't think there deserves to be an asterisk. 
But if you think about no, it, no, there definitely it. doesn't, especially after the way it's gone and the bubble. It's been yeah. pretty legit. It doesn't feel any different. It feels pretty good. Um, the only asterisk, I guess you could put, is just, I mean, there's no home court advantage in the playoffs, which is just kind of weird. Yeah, but if you think about it, that just means it's an even playing field for everybody. So how could you put an asterisk? Like, it, this is the most even a playing field that's ever going to be for the playoffs. Well, that the reason is because the Lakers earned home court and they're no, not really yes. getting is yeah. what I'm saying. I understand that aspect, but to say that, like, oh, if that's the only reason they can't win, then they were never good enough in the first place, in my opinion. Like, if the only reason you're point. not winning is because, like, oh, we're not playing it at home for four games, like, be better. Like, if you can't deal with – it's not like they're playing away for seven games. They're playing in a neutral site with no yeah. fans. So the fact that you can't win and your only complaint is, we didn't get to play at the Staples Center away, like, it'd be better. Yeah, it's not like Staples is, you know – this amazing home court advantage. Yeah. It's okay. And then I play at the Moda Center. I think that's what it's called in Portland the whole time. And it's not like that would have been an issue either. Like, you're the Lakers. You should beat up on the eight seed. Like, you're the one seed for crying out loud. How, like, you, you don't have an excuse if you lose in the first round. And there's no asterisks to be put there. That's just, I don't know. And I don't understand how the Bucks lost. What? Like, that confused the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't get it either. Hey, uh, I... I'd love the Bucks to lose, though. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. We'd see uh, what? Well, if the Bucks lose, what happens? No, I'm not saying they're going to lose. I feel like they'll still be able to pull it back easily. But we'd see no, what? no doubt an Orlandic, Orlandic. That's that's a word. Orlando, Miami, second round. Like what? Yeah, it's not going to happen. But one no. can dream. I kind of wish like those two teams played on different days, like the Lakers and Bucks, because yeah, I don't know. Those are the most interesting. I mean, the Lakers series aside from the Celtics is probably the most interesting one to me. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, Miami, Indiana, is interesting to me too, just because there's a little bit of beef there. But um, you know, I really have a dog in the race in that Lakers series. Like, I want them to lose. Exactly. I would agree. I've watched every game except the Raptors-Nets game, and I plan on watching that in like 30 minutes. Um, I've watched every game except that one, and I would say the most interesting one or the most intense one was the Jazz-Nuggets game was surprisingly entertaining. Mitchell dropped 57. Um, the Mavericks game was really good until Kristaps got thrown out. He got thrown out. I feel really bad. I should know this, but like, no, yeah, he did. He got thrown out in like the second quarter, third quarter. Did they really? That's why they lost. Because it was close, and I looked, and they lost. It was he punched the air after getting mad, which is an automatic tech, which is stupid. So he got teched there, and then he escalated the situation uh, because Marcus Morris and Luca had some beef, and Kristaps went over and kind of pushed Marcus. So he got his second tech and got kicked. It was unfortunate. It was whack, but I, I understand why both techs were called. It was just stupid that that's the way the Mavericks lost, in the end at least. But yeah, um, OKC Houston was dead. Uh, the Miami game was okay. It was just very boring overall, in my opinion. Like Celtics game was a good game. Celtics game was really good. I'm just talking other than that because obviously I know, but Celtics. you gotta, you gotta mention it. Of course, of course, that was a great game. Um, the Nets game was bad. I didn't even watch it, but I know it was bad. Uh, the Pacers play such a boring brand of basketball, in my opinion, which sucks. But 
That's true. So that was boring for me. Uh, the Magic game was fun just because the Bucks lost. And then, yeah, other than that, the Jazz-Nuggets game, though, was so, so, so good. It was such a good game. And then Portland game was obviously insane, too. Cause Imagine Dane's if Portland ridiculous. actually wins. Dude, right? Like, we're talking about it, but what if they do it? What if they do it, man? I mean, if they beat the Lakers, they can beat anybody. I, I will stand on that on that pillar. I think if they beat the Lakers, they could win it all. Genuinely. I mean, that team went to the Western Conference Finals last year, like, and exactly. they've really only gotten better. Exactly. Man, the sky's the limit for Portland. Dame is the best he's ever looked by far. He's a monster so, in the playoffs, too. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> no joke. Ridiculous, but... But yeah, overall, I mean, that's all I wanted to cover, unless there's something else you, you're thinking of. I think I'm happy with what we talked about. So we've got the game today. Yeah. Later on, um, what do you think the Celtics need to do in order to secure a win? I think it's going to be... Guarantee a win. Yeah, tougher without Hayward. I think if they ease up on defense at all, then they're going to struggle. So they need to keep up that intensity. I would assume, I mean, Brett Brown's bad, but I don't think he's... No, I mean, never yeah. mind. He, he, he is stupid. But I, I assume Embiid will get more touches today. I, I would hope for their sake. <clears throat> so the Celtics need to game plan around that. But other than that, just get the ball moving more, especially without Hayward, and just let Tatum and Brown do their thing again. I think overall it was good. Just increase the ball movement and intensity on offense, and the Celtics will be good. Yeah, and like obviously like Hayward being gone is like not good, but at the same time for me, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because they were going to have to play without him regardless. So they've got this series against Philly to kind of figure things out and get a feel for how it's going to go without him. Get ready for Toronto or Brooklyn. It's going to be Toronto. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, It's going to be Toronto in the next round. You know, obviously take care of this series, but you know, you learn to play without Haywards. You can you can kind of experiment, you know, see who fits, who doesn't. Yeah, what I agree. you can do. I don't really think of that but yeah. team better without him. Who's gonna step in? I think Semi Semi's got an opportunity to step in. I think he'd be mm-hmm. a okay replacement because I think defense is the most important thing in this series. And mm-hmm. you know, you've got um I mean, you you can put Semi out there. I mean, he's yeah, for sure. done an okay job at shooting the ball. He's he's going to be able to do it. He's going to be able to contribute. He's been in the playoffs before. I mean, I have faith in Semi. I really like Semi. Like coming into the bubble, I was saying like I hope Semi plays well. I hope he can prove that he deserves a shot because I really really love his defense. And this has been his best shooting year, like efficiency wise yet. Since he's been in the league, I so, would like to see Romeo too, but I mean he's hurt, so like I don't really. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how you can tear ligaments in your wrist or hand, and like be good to play. Yeah, but they made it sound like he was going to be fine, other than like maybe possibly getting. He some just work torn ligaments. Literally, how was he fine? I don't know. I don't get that. Like that makes no sense. I don't get it either. But hey, they say he's fine. Then I guess so weird. Like, what kind of does he like actually not have them, and they're just playing mind games with people? Like, I have no idea. (laughs) How can you go out with like torn ligaments in your wrist and play at an NBA level as someone that's 
a facilitator. Yeah, I don't I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Yeah, and then all right, so I'm interested to see who's going to replace Gordon. Mm-hmm. I really hope they figured it out, and you know they they don't. I don't want to see them lose today. Just get it, get a little bit more of a cushion in the series, and you can start screwing around or doing whatever you want. I was even thinking in the back of my head, maybe they should like throw a couple games here, you know, find <laughs> some more time. Yeah, um, I think the best case scenario is that other other series <clears throat> take a long time, like other series go seven games. Because I don't yeah. see this one going past five or six. Yeah, I, I don't think um, – I think Philly might have gave it their best shot the other day, to be honest with you. I agree. They played great. Scout was talking about it. Like, that might have been the best we're going to see from Philly, and they still lost. Yeah, and the Celtics didn't even play tremendous. They they played okay. I mean, they played good defense. They didn't play great offense. They, they kind of got lucky, to be honest, that Brown caught fire. I mean, <clears throat> oh, Yeah. He, I don't know what he's done, but he's like a closer now. He's figured yeah. out how to be a closer. I mean, hey, it's great for the Celtics, especially for the I'm, future. I'm thrilled because now you've got three closers on the same team. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. You've yeah. got Kemba, Tatum, and now Jalen Brown. I mean, and hey, I would say if, if he needs to be, Gordon can do that too. Gordon can do it too. It's the best foursome in the league. It, it, yeah, I, it, I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, I'm hyped for game two. I'm ready to see the Celtics dominate again. I am too. I'm pumped. I have to work today, though. I'm pretty pissed. That does suck. That sucks. I was going to call out, but like uh, my one of my bosses, like I, I don't see him that much. And like he's going to be there. And I was like, I haven't seen him in like a year. I'm gonna go see oh, him. wow. Yeah, no yeah, problem. So, probably go in. It's my guy. But, <laughs> of course. Such an exciting time, man. The NBA playoffs are my favorite. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me with this shit. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm having a great time. Happy to be I watching just lost basketball. Again. I'm pissed about it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, we can start to wrap this up here. You guys can follow me on Twitter at BannertownJack. I've been writing recaps of every single game uh, that I've been able to watch. So make sure to check those out. I'm working really hard on them. I wrote an article about who I think should replace Hayward. I've been writing articles for the Celtics Journal and uh, the guys at Pones Media. So I've I've been doing a lot of work uh, writing articles for basketball. So I I would love if you guys check them out. I appreciate it. You can check all mine out at bannertownusa.com. But uh, yeah, I'll throw it over to Sam. Yeah, follow the podcast account at underscore from the rafters. We've been building it pretty good. It's pretty cool seeing it grow without us, you know, doing a follow grind. Um, I've been back on the grind myself. Um, I'm making recaps again. And um, don't expect one after every game, but I do have something planned. Hopefully I can get it to go to the end of the series. Hopefully I figure out how to uh, perfect what I'm trying to do. But yeah, follow me at Bannertown Sam for those. Uh, that's all we have today. Game at six thirty. Bye.